The concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning from California and uh, welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series from EPAR trade presented to you by ARP and Performance Plus Global Logistics. I am Francisque Savignard, the founder and CEO of ePartrade, the global platform for the performance and racing industry. This is episode 225, and we're going to be talking dynos with DinoJet. With me this morning are Judy Kim, the co-founder of ePartrade, and our terrific host, Mr. Jack Hammond. Judy? Thank you, Francisque, and thank you, everybody, for joining. I'm thrilled today to have our special friends from DinoJet on. This is our first Dino Tech webinar, and they are dear to me because they were one of my first exhibitors at PRI years ago. So I've always had a, a soft spot for DinoJet. So I'm thrilled to have them on today. And I want to remind all buyers that we have thousands upon thousands of buyers signed in on this platform using the platform, seeking out the products that they're looking for. So I just want to remind people that if you have not yet, you're welcome to sign in and enjoy the platform. So, Mr. Jeff? Well, thank you, Judy. Good morning, Francis. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about being here because, again, I know about DinoJet, and I'm really excited to see all the changes that have come in with this product ever since its inception and when it was introduced at, back many years ago. Because uh, I know they got new technology and new ideas, and they can do so much more than what they had in the very beginning. So I think those who join us today will be in for a very entertaining and educational, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, it should be a lot of fun because uh, I'm going to make it that way. So we're ready to get rolling. On to you, Jeff. All righty. Thank you, Francis. Good morning, boss man. What's up? Can you hear me? Looking at me? <laughs> yeah. 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 Where's yes, everybody? Good morning, Jeff. <laughs> hey, good morning. <laughs> now, is, good morning, is Carl? Carl. Good morning, Henry. Is, is he, are you on, Carl? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, good. We're, folks, just so you know, there's nothing wrong with your computer. There's nothing wrong with what's going on with Carl. He is traveling at the moment so he's going to be speaking to us he's going to be i guess you might say our wizard of oz moment here he's going to be the man behind the curtain and nobody can see there you go so guys henry you want to lead out i mean who wants to take over here jake i don't care henry yeah. i'd like for you guys to give us a one-on-one start on dino jet and tell us what's going on and where the company is and where the, where this product is because as i said I've got experience with it, 
but I'd rather you talk to me like I don't know squat, okay? Yeah, go ahead, Henry. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, Jeff, you, you remember the uh, our older 248 dinos that uh, every NASCAR team has, and, and mm -hmm. we did a lot of uh, at-track testing in such post-race. Uh, for, for, for many years with, with uh, uh, NASCAR and all the NASCAR teams. Um, now that we've replaced that particular dyno with a, with a newer, more compact dyno, same principle, it's inertia-based uh, inertia dyno, you know, so you still got your, your uh, repeatability and your accuracy. Uh, it's just in a smaller package, and now we're able to add on uh, an eddy current load control. So you could do more advanced testing instead of just horsepower and torque verification. Now you could do steady state uh, step tuning. You could do a, you know, partial throttle tuning for your street cars and such. And, uh, you know, track simulation for the, for the racers that are out there. It's just in a smaller, smaller package. Okay, I gotta say this real quick. You threw me a curve, Henry. I got the message you weren't gonna be able, I wasn't gonna be able to see you today, and here you are. I'm looking at you. So uh -huh. yeah, I, I'm just I'm glad to be able to put the face with the name right here. This one because again, I was telling everybody you were gonna be the guy behind the, the curtain, and you're not behind the curtain, you're out in front. And uh thank you for the opening, really. Glad no you're problem. here. So that's Jay, Carl, who who wants to do a follow-up right there and, and kind of enlighten us? Yeah, and I'll just uh, piggyback what Henry said. You know, we're, you know, chassis dynamometers. It's all we uh, focus on is uh, performance chassis dynos. Um, we have all kinds of different solutions as well as uh, not just our dynos, but we also have uh, some tuning solutions for the power sport products and UTV market. Uh, we can get into a little bit uh, of that later on here too, but uh, Dynajet's been around and established since 1972. Um, we've been making dynos and jet kits and, and tuning products since. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we're you know the industry standard is, as far as chassis dynamometers are concerned. And um, happy to have the opportunity to discuss this here with everybody here today. Carl, you look like you're you're uh, getting ready to give us a lesson here, partner. Cause I see the uh, you got your work clothes on, and and, and you've also yeah. got got one strapped down there behind you. Find me in the green room. Um, I mean, a long story <laughs> short is like Jay said, but the fuel control products when we were you know came out back in the '70s, we built jet kits, and we had no way of testing that. We had no way to quantify what it did, so we had to produce a dynamometer. And that's when our old model 100s came out our bike side. So we produced a chassis dynamometer to help fill the need. The need is, of course, being able to put a vehicle in a stationary position in order for us to do testing without having to run it up and down the road in Montana weather. So we produced our first model 100 chassis dyno to measure horsepower and see what these jet kits were actually doing on these motorcycles. From there, we saw that there was a big need in the automotive market, and that's when the 248 came out. So you know, evolution kicks in. So we start building new chassis dynamometers to meet needs from even back in the day, snowmobile dynamometers um, to now having the 224XLC2 uh, with links. I'm sorry, the 424XLC2 with link system so we can lock front and rear drive uh, drums together, full load testing so we can do any type of dynamic road test without having to even put the vehicle on the road. We can do it all on the dynamometer. And that's that's the key. It's like everybody in their mother feels that they need load control when it comes to tuning, but well, you may or you may not, but we give you both solutions. We give you an inertia-based dynamometer that has the repeatability and consistency, but then we also have all the other fun tools like the load control, the AFR, the analog inputs, the link system, everything else that you need to properly calibrate these vehicles without having to even put it on the road. So you can do all your testing in one place and then, all right, all done, send it on its way. Very good. Now, I understand you guys have uh, put together a presentation. Uh, so whenever we're ready for that, you let me know because we'd like to uh, see what you guys have got together and so we can, uh, you know, maybe do a better job of, of showing the product at work. And then we can delve off into all the all the things you can learn from your 
unbelievable piece of equipment. Roll yeah, it. that'd be great, Jeff. I uh, we spent some time putting that together and give a little bit of tour of the shop there at Dynajet Research, and uh, happy to to show everyone a little bit about what we're about here at Dynajet. Welcome to the Dynajet E Part Trade webinar. In this webinar, we're going to go over some common questions that we get about the Dynajet dynamometers. For instance, what is a chassis dyno? Unlike an engine dynamometer, where you'd remove the engine from the vehicle to get a horsepower measurement, a chassis dyno, you load the vehicle up the way it was received. Chassis dynamometers allow us to account for all drivetrain losses, for example, the transmission, drivetrain, as well as the wheels and tires. That all makes a difference when it comes to real-world horsepower measurements. That's what also allows the Dynajet dyno to be the most repeatable and consistent dyno on the market today. What makes a Dynojet dynamometer so accurate and repeatable, and how does it work? At Dynojet, we use the basic laws of motion when it comes to our equipment. Force equals mass times acceleration. We know how much force the vehicle is applying to the drum over time, and we know how much the drum weighs. Each one of our Dynojet dynos is massed independently, and they're all unique in some way. From there, the repeatability and consistency just falls in line. The only variable on the dyno itself is going to be the vehicle. We don't want you tuning our dynos. We want you tuning your cars. What types of dynamometers does Dynajet offer? Well, a few examples we have here at the Las Vegas office would be the 424XLC2 chassis dyno. This is an inertia dyno with eddy current capabilities. So it'll have the repeatability and accuracy of an inertia dyno, but also has load control. So you can do ramped acceleration files, vehicle road load profiles, step testing, and steady state testing. This dyno is equipped with the link system, which would lock the front and rear drums together for vehicles that have speed balancing issues and can be run bi-directionally in two-wheel or four-wheel drive. We have the Model 250iX in-ground motorcycle dynamometer. This dyno is great for ATV, small UTV, and motorcycle testing. This dyno is also an inertia dyno and has an 80 current brake for load testing. This is an older chassis 168. We no longer offer this dyno, but still has the same capabilities of the other ones with a dyno RRT upgrade. This is also an inertia dyno and 80 current dyno for load testing. And last but not least, the new 250i Red Edition. This is a motorcycle-only dyno. This is an inertia dyno with eddy current brake. It has a movable wheel chalk that electronically moves forward and back and also tire clamps down on the wheel. These dynos are all great when used in conjunction with Dynojet products like the PowerVision Power Commander. So these become a very good tuning tool when it comes down to a shop wanting to use our products for tuning vehicles. Every Dynojet dynamometer can be run in inertia only mode, meaning it does not need the eddy current brake. You can start this dyno off as a 224X inertia-only dyno and build it all the way up to the 424XLC. So don't ever think that Dynojet does not have a cost-effective solution for your shop's needs. So how do I make money with my Dynojet dynamometer? Well, here's a few examples. One, marketing. Showing customers that you have this equipment is a big deal. They want to see that their car is going on a dynamometer and they're going to get a nice little shiny printout at the end of their dyno session. Two, dyno days. Dyno days are great for bringing in new vehicles so you can do some diagnostics, horsepower torque runs, and show them what their vehicle's doing. You never know. That might turn into a tuning session or a repair session. Three, using it as a diagnostic tool. You don't have to just tune on this equipment. You can drive a vehicle in the normal state it would be out on the road and maybe find a problem with it. Four, custom tuning. That's a big deal when it comes to Dynajet Dynamometer. People want to see you do their tuning and they want to see it done on a dyno. But I don't know how to tune. Where do I go for that? Well, there's options like the Tuning School. They can show you how to tune on Ford, GM, and Dodge applications. They're even dabbling in the power sports industry. Or you can contact Dynajet with our power sports dynos. We can show you how to use your equipment as well as use our products. So there is a solution for everyone's need when it comes to Dynajet. If you're interested in one of our chassis dynamometers or more information, you can visit us at dynojet.com or you can reach out to us directly at dynosales at dynojet.com.
Welcome to Petty's Garage, and I'm Richard Petty, and this is our brand new DinoJet Dino. Our relationship with DinoJet goes back many years, and we're excited to have this Dino installed and ready to run. Attention to detail have been hallmarks for everything we've ever rolled out of here, so it makes sense for DinoJet to be the only choice for our in-house Dino. Our drivers and customers are going to love this, knowing that we provide a service that Petty's Garage is famous for. Plus, DinoJet Innovations. This is a great day for our shop, one I've been looking forward for a long time. I'm Jay Tucker with JLT Performance. We make cold air intakes and a few other products, but we just bought a DinoJet so we can get real horsepower numbers on our product to the customer as soon as possible. It takes eight to 10 weeks to do a mold for a cold air intake, and now we can print one in 24 hours and be on the dyno again. That's gonna benefit the company because we can put out a product that's gonna make the most horsepower for each one of these cars. We can try it first and then make the molds and not waste a bunch of money. So this particular car, we were able to 3D print a product, test it. If we don't like what we see, now we can go back and make some changes, print another one, and do it before we go ahead and make molds and put it into production. We're gonna have realistic power gains that the customer can see when they take their car with our product to a DinoJet facility. When people talk about uh, the other brands of dynos, uh, they always say either they read low or they read high. Uh, DinoJet just seems to be the standard. Oh, very well done. Very well done by everybody involved right there. That uh, really kind of encapsulates everything that you've got going on. Now we can kind of break down the details and uh, get delve off into what all you can do on this machine. Because again, if you've never if you've never used one, folks, okay, and you're and you're watching this thing, you owe it to yourself to go see one of these Dino Jets in in operation. I mean, really, you need to go see what can be done with in the right hands of the right people. I guess the first question is, how hard is it to train someone? to operate a I'll take that. Equipment uh, side. That, that, training a, a, someone on the dyno is extremely easy um, because of the inertia principle that we don't need to put in a bunch of vehicle profile data really into the dyno software to get any kind of output. Um, it's because of our inertia based principle of the dyno, it, it's, uh, it's very simple and easy to use. And with our with training, uh, we've got personnel that can go out to your shop, train you on the operation of the dyno equipment, show you how to read proper the graphs, you know, and really make use of the information that the dyno is going to, to spit out so you can, you know, create your tune or, or do your product development. Um, training is a big part. You can also go to tuning school. Uh, the tuning school is our partner in crime with the uh, offering actually a one day free class for any kind of DinoJet Dino owner um, that makes a, a new DinoJet Dino purchase. They just got to make their way down to the tuning school and uh, you get a one day free class there on, at their facility on training and operation of the Dino equipment. So do, do y'all, let's say, for example, I have a company and I want to, I want to train four people. Is it better to do it there on site there, or can we come to Las Vegas or another location and train with you know people who know how to explain this so that you know it, it gets done? Which what's what's the best avenue when you're going through something like this? In or my even opinion, if I'm thinking about buying it and I and I want to see it ahead of time and make sure I understand it before I install it. Jeff, in my opinion, it's best to always train at the facility that's being used in so we can actually show you how to maybe load the vehicles that you might be testing. You might, you might be testing something that's one off that we won't maybe ever have our hands on. So to get your hands on right there with your, what you're using, um, 
you know, that's always best in my opinion. We do have, you know, a full operational facility in Las Vegas that has the equipment. So we can do in-house training if necessary, if a customer needs to come out to our facility. Um, but once again, I always preferred, you know, get out into the field, get to the customer shop. Let's make sure it's all set up properly. Um, and let's get them working on their own equipment with the vehicles that they'll be testing with. Okay, so Carl, how about if I'm we're starting through this process, how much information do I have to put in? And, you know, any kind of correction factors? I mean, what you what you see at Las Vegas versus where if I was in Charlotte, North Carolina? I mean, those variables and everything like that that I need to install. What? How does that work? The dynamometer, when it's delivered, the software automatically sets up SAE corrected factor. Now, you can look at that in uncorrected. You can look at it in standard DIN, EC, whatever else, whatever correction factor you might be using, depending on the country you're in. But when it comes down to it, we use the SAE correction factor. Now, the dyno itself has onboard atmospheric temperature correction. So it has, it can measure the you know, the ambient temperature, temp temperature, humidity and pressure where it, wherever it's located. So you can load a vehicle up on the dyno. All you have to do is input the customer's name. And that's it. And from there, you can start making the horsepower pulls. Hello, Eugene. Are you still there? Can you hear me? I'm still here. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all of that right there is, it? It, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback here off of what Carl said too. The, uh, the software records the data raw. Um, so as far as like a correction factor goes, all that is applied after the fact. So you're, anytime you're, you're doing a run, it's, it's all being recorded on what that vehicle did on that day on those conditions and then the correction factor is just essentially um, if it were a more ideal condition per se than the day that it was ran on, it would make X instead. So it, that's the correction factor is, is just a, something that's applied after the fact that the raw data has been recorded. Okay. Um, Guys, why, I know we keep talking about inertia here and electric dick here, electric. Um, is this what makes the DynoJet so accurate and repeatable? Is it's just the, the way you guys have got it set up now as far as um, the repeatability is concerned? I mean, is, is this where it comes into play? Yes, I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah, all the DynoJets are based on the inertia principle. So basically we know precisely what the mass and circumference of the drum is on each particular uh, unit. And it's just a simple, you know, acceleration rate from A to B and the time it takes. So that'll never change. That'll always be repeatable. And that's why the DynoJet is the most repeatable and accurate dyno available. It's the in industry standard. And now we've gone a step forward and added the eddy current load control. So now electronically, you could use that load control for all your uh, extended testing, like uh, you know partial throttle stuff. Uh, you could even use it just to spool up a big turbo car, for instance. Let's say you needed more more load to get full full boost, um, and you could e even do custom vehicle profiles that will take take all the information from the vehicle for, you know, like uh, coefficiency of drag and weight and all that. And you could put that all into it to get a more precise uh, tuning or, or uh, outlook on the deal, road simulation as well. So it's, it's basically a hybrid to, you know, the load control capabilities for diagnostics and tuning, plus the repeat, repeatability and accuracy of, uh, of an inertia dyno. So it's the best of both worlds, actually. So with all those things coming into play, kind of like what are the limits right now as far as what's, the, you know, what kind of horsepower ranges can go on this dyno and not exceed it? And at the same time, can you overheat this unit? You know, you know, making too many runs. It's almost like, you know, back in the old day, 
uh, a lot of time with engine dynos, you know, you, you get the water too hot out there, all of a sudden you're going to start getting, you know, uh, variances as far as the repeatability and the horsepower numbers that you're extracting. So uh, how much, how much uh, abuse can you give this machine? It's not the machine that can take, it's the car. <laughs> so the machine okay. can handle whatever you want to throw at it. It comes down to the vehicle. I mean, um, adequate cooling is, of course, needed. I and mean, you can't make back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back poles on the dyno without the vehicle potentially overheating. As well as that, it'll start changing how the vehicle dynamics work. You know, for example, intake air temperature, intercooling temperatures, timing, fueling, modifications might be happening to the vehicle at that time. So <clears throat> having adequate cooling for the vehicle is a must. The dyno itself, it doesn't care. I mean, if you're going to do load testing and you're going to have a vehicle in load testing state all day, the eddy current brake has an automatic shutdown feature to where if it's getting too hot, it will turn itself off. But that doesn't mean the equipment still can't be used. And technically, the eddy current brake itself is self-cooling. The rotors on the sides of the eddy current brake are vented um, for when it's spinning. It it's actually cooling itself down. And now, so I want to top on top of um, what Henry said is eddy current load control for our equipment. We've had that for nearly 18 years now. Yeah. Um, it just is dyno just always been known as inertia dyno. So we've had load testing for a lot of years and we've been doing a lot of testing with it. Um, but I just want to clarify, Hey, it's not something that we just came out with this. We've had this technology on our equipment for nearly 18 years now. And there's, there's a lot of work that went behind it to make sure it works properly. Okay. Let me ask you this. We know how long the company has been around and we talk about to make sure I got the number. Right. Is it the 248? The first one that came out? The one model 100 motorcycle dyno was the first one that came out. The 248 was the first automotive dyno that came out. Okay. That's what I'm referring to. That's the one that I'm familiar with is that, you know, used a lot around NASCAR at the time. Uh, are models like that, can you upgrade them? Yeah, absolutely. They can all be upgraded. Um, as I said in the video, we have a model 168 ATV dyno. <clears throat> and that equipment, they all use the same, um, you know, same principles when it comes to horsepower measurement. It all comes down to the electronics that's on them that, you know, get outdated. So, yeah, if you have an old chassis 248 or even an old Model 100, you can get a, get a Dyno RT upgrade for that equipment, modernize it a bit, and, you know, continue using it to this day. And here's the age-old question that most people always ask. How does, does a chassis Dyno readings compare to an engine Dyno reading? Well... Unless you want to remove the engine from the vehicle, remove the transmission, drivetrain, and wheels and tires, and all the other fun stuff that goes in line, um, I mean, it's going to be at least 25% drivetrain loss. So, it, you know, engine dynos do engine horsepower. So you make 427 engine horsepower, but you're going to make probably 360 to the wheel. And that's because of all the other, you know, losses that go in play. You know, for example, wheels and tires make a big difference when it comes to horsepower. How heavy the wheel is, the diameter, all that makes a difference. The final drive. If you got 373 gears in the vehicle versus 273s, well, it takes more power to drive the 373 gears. So you're losing power there. What gear you're in in the transmission, that all makes a difference. So when it comes to engine dynoing, that's great to get an engine broken in, but we can do the same thing on the on the chassis dyno as well. It's just your horsepower output's going to be different because one, it's not it's not on an engine stand. It's actually in the vehicle now, and you have to account for other losses that are going to be there. And again, while we're on the subject, it's, this is one of those points where you establish what you think, what the engine has as a reference point. But mm -hmm. until you get it to the wheel, you don't know what the accurate, I you don't want to say accurate, but you don't know exactly what kind of speed potential you have or what, you know, you got to establish, I guess what I'm trying to say is, first you got to establish a baseline. Everybody's got a baseline on the engine down it. They know what their kind of their gauge is after they build enough engines. They say, okay, if this engine doesn't put out, unless I'm going to use a round number of 800 horsepower. If it doesn't make 800 horsepower, then we need to go back and look at something in the assembly uh, that's not right. Once you get to the chassis dyno, we always found it to be, you got to establish a, a baseline there. And your baseline is what you shoot for, which, as you've already pointed out, you got to make sure that every car that comes across there is tested the same way to make sure that it's right. And when I'm talking about not only uh, the drive line, but everything else, especially with today's new NASCAR cars, got cameras and casters, and you know when you're mm -hmm. doing all this monkey motion in the rear end, you know all these factors are what you know make more horsepower at the tire or at the wheel on the ground, however you want to put it. 
and you know you got to establish all that stuff i mean this thing here in my my opinion it gives everybody confidence that once you leave the shop you've got the best product on the trailer is that am i am i correct with that yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're getting, you, you know what kind of power you're getting to the ground, but like you were saying with the new NASCARs with independent rear suspension, CV shafts, and all the other fun stuff that goes into these things nowadays. I mean, the dyno also has the ability to do what we call negative horsepower pulls. That means you can run the vehicle up to a top speed and then just let it coast down. We'll give you a horsepower measurement of what actually the losses are. So well, we could tell you that it's making negative 35 horsepower, and then you can make adjustments to the, to the drivetrain itself to try to you know, lower that value. So you're getting the most power to the ground now. So there's, it's, it's just a tool. I mean, it's, and it's a great tool for whatever you need to use it for. It just comes down to, all right, what do I want to do today? What do I need to do? And, um, you know, get it on the roller, make some power, get the most power to the ground. If we need to do some negative horsepower pulls to see how much drivetrain loss we actually have. So we can make adjustments, you know, from pinion angle to camber caster to see what, you know, are we pushing whatever it is to, actually just get everything that we're trying to make that we know that made 800 horsepower in the engine dyno. Now let's just try to get every bit of that to the wheels and make it work. Rich Tomei would like to know also transmission, you know, can't transmission changes, how they, how that results comes out and it, how does it compare, compare to torque converters, you know, as far as that's concerned, all of the, all of this stuff here, I mean, it fits right in your wheelhouse. You make a change, it's going to tell you what it did for it, correct? Yeah, and when it comes to, like, torque converters, um, like, if you're running a car that's got an unlocked converter in it, it's going to – you're going to want to look at that run over speed, number one, because RPM is going to be – you know, it's going to flash. It's going to be very hard. You want to pretty much make an actual measurement when it's locked, if you can. And if you can't, you can see how loose it is. You can see how much vehicle speed you have versus engine RPM, so you can kind of gauge, all right, what well, my input shaft speed versus my output shaft speed roughly was. Um, and if you're trying to get a lockup rate or whatnot out of the converter, but yeah, I mean, it's big converter cars can be a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you, when it comes to horsepower measurement, just because they flash really hard and you really want it to be in a locked state. So you're transmitting as much of that power from the engine to the ground, you know, converter is pretty much like a big rubber band, right? The more you stretch it, the you know, more it wants to slingshot and go. So if we can get it locked up, great. Um, when it comes to, you know, transmission changes, you know, gear ratios will affect the final output. So you want to be in the gear closest to one to one to make your horsepower run. So, you know, exactly once again, how much power am I actually transmitting to the ground? You want to be pretty much straight through versus having, um, you know, any more losses from gearing, you know, 1.21 drive versus a 1.0 drive. Well, it's going to take more power to drive that 1.21 drive. Okay, guys, we're starting to get some questions here as, as it relates to, uh, I guess, speed shops when it comes to, you know, installing a, a, one of your dyno jets. You know, how do you go about making money with this thing? I know you touched on that uh, in your video, Carl, but what do, you, what do you have to do? How do you attract people and how do you ad advertise? Uh, do you suggest advertising like that so you can get people to come in? And, and give it a try. And also, uh, I've got a good question here about, you know, I have a space in my shop. Can I run it in, a, in an air-conditioned environment? I mean, here again, whatever, wherever you are, like we touched on earlier, no matter where you are, you have to, you know, do correction factors. So, you know, you'll, you'll learn how to factor in an air-conditioned shop, right? Yeah, and we have temperature measurement on the equipment. So if you put it into a room that's 65 degrees and you're making horsepower pulls, but just know, but that vehicle is pretty much not in the state that it's always going to be in when you're trying to make a horsepower measurement. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's going to measure for, it's going to account for the temperature that, that it's in. And um, it's going to give you a corrected horsepower pull for that. Now you can also run that uncorrected and get, look at the data to where this is just like what Jay said earlier, this is the raw information. This is what it brought in um, and uncorrected at 65 degrees. If that's what you're going to have it in your room. All right. This is what it made for power that day. Um, and if you crank the AC up to 85 and you want to see what, all right, my intake air temperatures went from 65 to 85, what is it doing? You know, so you can see that the vehicle itself is making the corrections, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter what conditions the dyno's in. It'll do what it needs to do. Now here, here's something, that, and again, uh, I appreciate, I'm in. He's from South Africa and he's watch, watching today. So really appreciate him tuning in and listening to this uh, Epartrate webinar. And he's got a question as far as, can you integrate your software into another dyno brand 
No, we don't upgrade our equipment. Um, you know, for example, if you have a brand Z dynamometer and you're like, man, I wish I would have never bought this thing. And I would like to use DinoJet's hardware. We don't upgrade competitors' equipment. Um, it's just something we've never done for a lot of years. Um, so unfortunately on that one, no, we don't, we don't cross, we don't cross breed on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll add draw to Carl's, line somewhere. Uh, yeah. I'll add to Carl's comment there. A lot of it's got to do with the whole premise of the Dynajet inertia principle. Uh, we, we know exactly the mass of those drums and on a, uh, X brand dyno that isn't a Dynajet, we, we don't. So there, there's no way for anyone to quantify the data, even if we were to try to put our stuff on there. Um, but we just, we just won't. So guys, do you have anything, you know, in the hopper, anything new coming up that, uh, I mean, a lot of people have got a couple of questions. What about, you know, electric vehicle packages or anything like that? Can you put an electric car on there and run it? Absolutely. You can run an electric vehicle on it. There's no reason why you can't. The main thing when it comes down to running electric vehicles, getting an RPM, which we also have the ability to measure gear ratio as an RPM signal input on the dyno. So if you know what RPM roughly the vehicle is at versus based off of wheel speed, we can give you an RPM reading from that so you can get your torque, but there's no reason why you cannot run a Tesla or electric vehicle in dyno. We run them all the time and I would run them in length mode. So <clears throat> all four tires are spinning. Okay. And, and, and it's uh, Jess Hewitt. He uh, offered up this deal. We asked about, you know, how can you, you know, being a member of your portrait, uh, a partner with Dino and promote Dino days to extend your shop's mailing list. For example, fuel companies are a great partner. Uh, he just wanted to throw that out there. So that those of you who are maybe looking at, can you put it in your shop and make money with it? It sounds like he's got a plan. This work in the past, I think it's always been uh, a good thing we have learned here on Partrate through all of the folks that interact back and forth. That's the reason why Partrate, I think, is so successful is they give each other ideas of how do you make, how can we all make each other better? And I think there, again, there's, there's a, a good idea of, of those of you who are thinking about putting one of the dino jits in. Uh, just call, call the people around different uh, companies. I mean, I'm sure, like I say, you got a lot of customers and, uh, I'm sure a lot of them will share what's made their 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 DinoJet experience work. Yep. You know, I'll I'll uh, I'll comment on the making money with your Dino. The probably the biggest thing that you're going to find to be able to start creating interest and in, and in revenue for your shop with your Dino is Dino Days. Um, by far, you're you're that's going to be able to give um, the general public the ability to come into your shop. You're not necessarily doing any kind of tuning or anything like that. You're just doing a horsepower verification. You're doing, you know, uh, three or four pulls for that car, making sure it's consistent. And then from there, that's where you're able to be your salesman for your shop and tell them, hey, this is this is where I can get you. What, what horsepower range, what, what performance packages are you, you know, are you looking for? And that way you can curtail to your customer a specific custom package for what they want for their specific car, um, you know, and the, the, the amount of money that they want to do. But, but Dino Days is, is probably going to be your biggest uh, puller to get interest and start bringing revenue into your shop. Um, you know, it's really just a matter of keeping that Dino drum spinning. It, you keep that drum spinning, it's going to print you money every time. And to, to, to add to Jay's deal with the, with the Dino Days, that's something that a lot of the, a lot of the shops that, that that we've dealt with over the years, you know, they'll throw a, a an open house dino dino day type deal, uh, have a discounted price, you know, just to get a baseline and on the deal, but then really go over the uh, uh, the output, you know, run the run the wide band air fuel so that they could see just just what the, the car is doing. Nine out of ten times that car is not near its potential. So that's where the shop could go in there. And these are people that may not have ever even come into this guy's shop. You know, he just came in there for, for a free hot dog and, a, you know, put his car up on the dyno, you know, in, in an open house. So that will generate a customer, you know, that's, uh, you know, especially when, if it's a, a car that this, this guy works on, on a, on a normal basis, he knows what he could do with that vehicle, you know, 
And then when he turns around, sets an appointment for later on in the week or the month and, and bam, he's got another, he's got another customer there. Plus this guy is going to tell all his buddies and showing his, his, uh, his printout, how much of an increase he was able to get by going to this shop. And it, it's just, it's just a constant, you know, it's just a constant deal. Uh, I can, I can see it. And having been around is, you know, not just to, to validate what you've got before you go to the racetrack, but when you get into people who are, you know, testing and testing the right way, how fascinating it, it can be and how quickly you can make adjustments. I mean, uh, a lot of people, I mean, let's talk about, you know, fluids. I mean, a lot of people, Sometimes they're robbing their 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 powertrain and and really hurting themselves because you know they're running too much viscosity and, and transmission in the rear gear, or, or even the levels. I mean, there's a lot that you can learn um, with a Dynajet. That it's it's the little things. It's not the big gains. It's that even the little things can be measured because again, the repeatability is there. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something. As Jeff, you you know, back in, you know, qualifying mode back in the day, you know, when we had Friday, Saturday qualifying in NASCAR, uh, you would you would run different fluids. You would run the, you know the, the bare minimum, and and all these shops were able to uh, confirm confirm what works best right there in the shop before that before the vehicle even got on on the, the hauler to go to the track. So. All those little, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's going to add up. It's going to add up to faster times, uh, higher horsepower, um, and and even even with just checking, shaking down a, a new race car, you know, you put it up on the chassis dyno, get it up to temperature, get down there, start looking. You know, you got any leaks? You got any loose loose cables? This or that? You know, just a lot of stuff you could do as 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 you're aware, Jeff. Well, and, and again, once you get the feel for it. You know, and here's something that that you, you need to have a test driver. You need to have somebody who's used to doing this on a regular basis, I think, because as you pointed out, we were able to find vibrations, you know, once we've been on the on the chassis dyno. And if we'd have gone to the racetrack like that, we'd have been in a world of hurt, especially, you know, back in the day when NASCAR had no kind of practice or anything. You you just you went to the racetrack, you lined up your race. So when it dropped the green flag, it's too late. You can't come down pit road. And, and fix it without, you know, paying a huge, huge price. So um, a lot of pluses there. And, you know, sometimes people, it's even like on the stock side, people put stuff on because it looks really cool. And I'm thinking more about exhaust as well as header combinations. And then all of a sudden they say, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't launch off the, you know, at the st stoplight. It doesn't really go when I want it to go. Well, sometimes maybe you got too big, too much exhaust. I mean, maybe you need to short, you know, change it and move that torque around a little bit i mean you, that's the thing is your dyno jet can tell you these kind of things it'll, it'll give you that torque curve it'll give you that information sometimes that you can't get unless you have a readout when a printout from the dyno jet absolutely absolutely now i'll, I'll add to that there too jeff uh, especially with the nascar uh, deal with the, and we were talking a little bit before about the negative horsepower test you know average car is about 25 percent you know in a in a drivetrain loss and through nascar and the dynajet dyno they've they've got it down to you know around seven eight percent for for drivetrain loss so that's you know that's uh all because of the testing you, you could perform on on the chassis dynamometer and everything you can quantify I'm getting a lot of, you know, of people asking questions, a lot more technical questions. I think maybe, maybe we can get into here right now. Do you guys have a hotline? I mean, that somebody could call in and ask you about interfacings and different things like that with your product and their computers and stuff. And then I, I had, you know, one question here about any tips on how to choose the right dyno for your needs. And speaking from experience, guys, it's dyno jet. I mean, you've already touched on it. You, you, can, you can adapt it for so many different models and do so many different things. And the most important thing is that the repeatability and the, also 
I think it's a very easy unit to use. Um, I mean, you can, as you guys, you got one fixed in your, your place there in Las Vegas, you know, that's really cool. The West done, but I mean, some people, you know, I guess you still sell it where you put it up on the, uh, up on a rack or in, in different various, uh, applications, right. You know, you guys can do a lot of different things. We saw how Richard Petty had his fixed and everything, but, um, I just, I feel like it's so versatile. I think it's so versatile in so many different ways because it's not just for racers. You know, it, once you learn how to, to uh, expand your horizon or your vision, uh, it's very applicable to those who have hot rods, to those who even have passenger cars that they're, 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 they got uh, problems with. I mean, there's sometimes um, mechanics can't always plug it in and have a computer tell you what's, what's going on, but yet you maybe get more out of running one, you know, a couple passes on a dyno jet. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, and, and, and as far as, you know, things you can do in, in, in the shop, I mean, I mean, you've got, um, uh, what we like to do with the customers is we sit down with them on the phone or, or whatever the case may be. We listen to them. We ask them the questions, just what their, you know, what is their bread and butter? What is their main, main deal that they're, that, that they're doing, whether it's, you know, a, a Ford, a Chevy, a Dodge, whatever. Um, and then we just kind of figure out what's the best equipment for them. And we'll custom custom tune a, a package for them, you know, a, a dyno package for them that'll work for their, for their particular needs. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of shops that are, that are, uh, you know, auto repair shops that are dabbling in performance and they might, they might deal they might deal a lot with uh, uh, late model muscle, so to speak. Now, all the manufacturers, you know, be it, you know, domestic or import, everybody builds a high performance vehicle, you know, a, a car, a truck, an SUV. And the very first thing these people do when they buy that stuff is they, they want to make it their own. They want to change. They want to put a cat back exhaust. They want to do a uh, cold air intake, you know. So, so that's, that's something that's, that's going to be a constant deal. Every time somebody buys a new car, they're going to visit, they're going to make it to your shop. Even if they're a do it yourself and they buy the product and bolt it on, it's still not going to run properly. They still have to bring it to you for that custom tune, you know? So, and that's where, you know, and that's where we, we, we really shine, you know, uh, trying to get the proper equipment because uh, not everybody's going to need an all wheel drive dyno. You know, but yet we could start them off on it with, with the proper two wheel drive that'll work just just fine for their for their current current business. Yeah, I was going to add to, uh, to Henry. Yeah, the last thing you just said, the Dynajet Dino is fully modular. So think of it like a big kid Lego set. You you can start with the most simple inertia only two wheel drive model we have, and you can end up with the full blown all wheel drive, any current links you know, dyno ready to rock and roll. So, you know, finding the, the perfect fit for you is, is actually pretty easy for us because you could always expand and add on. So if, if something you need to start off a little bit more economical, you can always upgrade in the future and, and make it more uh, advantageous for your shop. Well, I see Miss Judy is uh, sitting here listening in on and this conversation right now, which is kind of like a little tale that our time is starting to uh, get away from us. Um, just want to make sure, uh, Judy, that we're going to be able to put up a number that we, they can reach out to DinoJet. Those of you who had some more technical questions about applications and interfacing with your computers uh, can call Jay, you can call Henry. I think Carl's going to have his hands full with that black rascal right there behind him. That car it looks <laughs> like it's ready to be uh, adjusted on and tuned up and making a lot of you know mean noises right there once we get off the air here. You ready to go, Carl? Yeah, I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really enjoyed an update on where the company of DinoJet is today. Um, again, you guys, uh, you didn't make something that and sit on your laurels. You kept creating and developing. It sounds like you're still moving forward. Hats off to you. Keep up the good work. And uh, I can't wait till I get to the next place so I can see one. I may have to go down to the Petty Garage and watch them run their new, new one they've got in down there because uh, I haven't seen one of your latest creations. I've worked with a lot with the old ones, but not with the latest. There you go. Awesome. All right. 
And we thank Dinah Jeff for being part of us too. Really appreciate that. And I want to make sure everybody reaches out to Jay and Henry if they have additional questions. Thank you very, very much. We did actually push DinoJet's product back on the home of the ePortrait platform. So please take advantage of it. This has been recorded. It will be posted later on the ePortrait platform and distributed through a newsletter and different social media channels. We will be back next Wednesday. We will be talking deep cryogenic processing with WPC treatment. So thank you for being with us today. And let's go racing. Bye. Thank you, gentlemen. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose claim company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose join company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.